So as I mentioned before, some faces which are very familiar. They might not be to you if you're new to Hope One Church. Welcome this morning. Let me introduce them to you very quickly. This is Hank over here, this lovely gentleman. Um, lives just across the road. Uh, involved with banana farming for a long time out the back there. Yeah. Um, then we've got Brenton. Um, and, and Carol as well. So I might start with Hank very quickly. Hank, for those people who don't know you, what is one hobby that you have or something that you enjoy doing? So instead of squash, what do you do to, to stay fit? What do you do instead of squash to stay fit? It's a valuable lesson for all of us. We've got a room at home dedicated for paper, and it's uh, it's filling up. Hey, if you don't stay on top of it. So, Brenton, how are you, brother? Can you tell us one thing that you like to do in your spare time? I know that you're an avid reader as well. Do you still enjoy reading? Okay, excellent. And Carol, do you have any spare time? The kids are out of the nest now, so I don't know, maybe not. Calligraphy. So for those uneducated people like myself, could you explain what is calligraphy? It sounds very important. Awesome. And does that go on cards and things like that? Okay. Awesome. Well, we get stuck into our faith discussion today, and Carol, we'll start from your side just because um, you were the last person to speak. So, um, the question is, what is faith, and why is it important? I know, it's a massive can of worms, but... Excellent answer. What about you, Brenton? What do you think? What is faith? Awesome. And Hank, what is faith and why is it important? Thank you. 
and why is it important? But I think you've touched on that a little bit, but feel free. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that wisdom there. I think oftentimes we talk about faith in our society. We might be talking about, I've got faith that my car is going to get me from point A to B. I've got faith sitting here on the stool, although it's a bit shaky. It's going to keep my weight up. But there's something about Christian faith and actually understanding what Christian faith is, which is really deep. And I appreciate your insights on that. Thank you very much, Hank. So the next question then is, why is faith an essential element to the Christian believer's life? Why is faith an essential element to the Christian believer? And we'll start with you, Brenton. What do you reckon? Wow. So what you're saying, Brenton, is that faith can actually transform our daily experience. Yeah? Yeah, big time. Yeah, awesome. Carol, do you have any thoughts on that? What, why is faith such an essential part of the Christian faith? Um, well, it's by faith that we're saved and nothing else. So our very existence in the kingdom is, is determined by our faith and, what, and faith in what Jesus has done. Um, I thought it how it's... Faith is the outworking of um, God's grace in our lives. So when we understand his grace by faith, we're actually able to live the way that he, he calls us to live. And, and faith enables us to do that as we lean on him. Um, it, like Brenton, it brings the supernatural into focus. Faith helps us become heaven and kingdom-minded rather than self-centred helps us to see the big picture. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Um, Without faith, we can only see the present. With faith, we see things are yet to come. And Ben talked about it last week, how with faith, we can call things from the future into being in the present. And um, yeah, by faith, we have a hope. We have a future. And uh, yeah, so it's... It's at the it's the pivotal point of our faith. Is it is it essential? Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. I love um, <clears throat> both of those responses. So very rich. As a leadership team, we're currently looking at a book written by Bill Johnson, and it it really addresses the whole aspect of seeing the kingdom of God. Scripture tells us, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added onto you. Everything that we need in life, if we seek first His kingdom, and Bill Johnson has a quote. Let me just get it right here. He says, faith brings his kingdom, that's Jesus' kingdom, into focus. Mm -hmm. And I think both of you 
so beautifully articulated that it is through faith that we can see the kingdom of God all around us and what God is doing um, amongst other things. So thank you for sharing that. So the next question then, and this might seem a little bit of a, a controversial question, or at least go, well, that makes fairly sense, but why did Jesus have faith? Or what did faith look like for Jesus, if that makes sense? Did Jesus have faith as a man? Yeah, go for it. Um, <clears throat> definitely, he was fully man. And I think his, his faith was outworked in carrying out the purposes of God, the calling that was on his life. Um, I had a deeper think about it, and I thought, what does Jesus have faith in? And he has, he, no, I say has, because it's present tense, not past, it's present. He has faith in God's plan, um, but he has faith in us. He's actually commissioned us to, do, to build the church, to see the kingdom come, to be him, to be Christ on the earth. And so he believes in us. He believes in the, the deposit of the Spirit in our lives to outwork his plans on the earth. And, and that blows me away sometimes that the Lord of heaven and earth has faith in me to, to see his kingdom come. And he works through me and he flows through me. And so as I do my part, he does his part. And together in faith, we work in partnership. And it, it's almost, did Jesus have faith? He is faith. He is faithful. He is full of faith. Everything about him is faith. Everything about him is true. And he entrusts that life to us, which is <laughs> mind-blowing. Wow. I can almost see some people like, wow, I've never thought of that aspect mm. before, that Jesus puts his faith in us as well to fulfill his mm. great commission here on earth. Yeah. Hank, I want to ask you this question. Has there been a time in your life where you've had to put your faith in God and trust in Him? And what was the outcome? So two, two aspects there. How many uh, stories would you like? <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the mission field. <laughs> the, 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 the thing with me was that I became a believer. I was a churchgoer, but I became a believer in the early 70s. And life has changed forever since then. Um, no, sorry, I need to get my thoughts. So a situation where you believed in God, you had faith for something? Yeah. Okay, what happened was, can I, can I speak a little bit about it because I need yeah, to get course, some detail. Uh, <clears throat> Lainey and I lived in a convent in, um, in South Brisbane. We're trying to minister to the uh, Aboriginal people that were hanging out in South Brisbane. Some, mo some of you may know what South Brisbane probably very different from in those early days, where there was drunkards and all kinds of stuff going on. Anyway, we lived in this convent that was standing empty <coughs> to look after it. And uh, we had a little coffee shop where we could take people in if there was a conversation that came forth out of our con contact with them. So anyway, what happened was then, one day I'm sitting down and the mail has arrived and there is an aerogram. Anybody knows, doesn't know what an aerogram is? Yes. <laughs> I suppose the, the young people probably had never seen one, but uh, they were real good communication if it got back to you at some point in time. Anyway, so we are looking at this, uh, and it's a letter from my friend John Pastorcam. Now, some of you 
some of the older ones may know John Pastor Canby. He's a Dutchman with red hair. And the Lord, <coughs> and he'd send a letter. He was in Papua New Guinea or was going to Papua New Guinea. He had been in Thursday Island. And uh, John wrote this letter and he said, we are now going to leave, I think it was Rabaul or someplace, and we're going to Cave Yang, New Ireland, which is right on the top of PNG. He said, please pray that God will come and uh, that God will send someone to stand with us, to work with us. And if you've ever heard the voice of God, all he said, and actually God speaks very few words. He doesn't have to speak many words. And all he said as I read that letter, so John said, please pray that God will send somebody to work with us. And all God said was, that is you. Three, three little words that changed my life because I, um, I had a good job with a trustee company and, you know, we were living in an acre of land in Brookfield on the hills, you know, I mean, it was pretty good. <laughs> and uh, it was a rude awakening. I knew John, of course, and we had uh, meetings in various, various people's homes and John would always minister the word of God and the Holy Spirit always turned up. So, but then when I, these words came to me, um, Hank, that is you. Now, that implicated a whole lot of stuff. First of all, uh, he was going to Papua New Guinea, so obviously I have to go there as well if I'm going to be working with him. And so I told him, and he was over the moon, that I was going to come. And uh, so ultimately we went there, went to... Uh, went to uh, Port Moresby, and in Port Moresby there was a Youth with a Mission outreach over the holidays. Have you heard of uh, (laughs) Youth with a Mission? Have you heard of Youth with a Mission? Yeah, anyway, uh, that's what they use the YWAM for, Youth with a Mission, but another one we use is this Youth Without Money. And... uh, so anyway, we, we're going up there and we're working with the team and uh, we had a brother, and a, it's a little bit long, but uh, uh, Brother Worley. Anybody know Brother Worley? You old ones? Yes, you would. <laughs> he was a rotund kind of a man, but he was a man of faith. He was really, when he started speaking, faith rises in your heart. And... Uh, <laughs> And so he's giving little stories about Abraham buying a pram before Sarah had born a child, you know, and he, people say, what's in there? He said, oh, that's my new child. And, uh, <laughs> and all kinds of things like that. Anyway, Brother Worley, he really emphasized the aspect of faith, to believe God when he speaks to you. And uh, what happened then to me was that I felt like I wasn't doing enough. I was actually had come to the mission field because we'd sold our house, we put the money in the bank, we bought our air tickets, and went to PNG. But when we were there, of course, we had to live off that money that we had in the bank. And uh, <laughs> so uh, the Lord said to me, "Yeah, Hank, you are a great man of faith, aren't you?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> You got your money in the bank. I thought, oh, no. (laughs) 
anyway, I, uh, I, I heard the voice of God. I had to obey. So Lainey and I talked about it, and we emptied our bank account and gave it to youth, with, <laughs> young people without any money. <laughs> well, they had some now. And, uh, <laughs> and so we worked with them, and uh, it has been an amazing time. Youth of the Mission, we see many people come to Christ, particularly during the school holidays. A lot of the young people in high school, they were still hanging around town because to go home would be too far, too far to go many times. And so we had these young people all around us and so many come to Christ. And it was absolutely amazing time. Anyway, I think that's enough. Well, thank you so much for sharing that amazing journey, Hank. And, and give me a round of applause, thanks. There's actually a young fellow I work with who's just been to Norway with uh, YWAM, so that ministry is impacting people all, oh, all over the world. So um, yes. thank you for being involved with that. But the thing that I, the theme I pick up from your story, Hank, which is so evident without um, stories within the Bible, is where people hear the voice of God mm-hmm. and they respond. They might not have the full picture. <laughs> what is that, that you said? God's told you this is you or it is you? No, that is you. That is you. <laughs> Three simple words, and yeah. yet you stepped out in faith, and God was able to use you in an amazing yeah, way. And, and that is a great encouragement for us, that we don't have that picture always. And faith is about hearing the voice yes. of God and stepping out. So well, thank let, you. Let me just finish this. Yeah. Because, because the next day, Lainey comes to me and said, Hank, I need some money. <laughs> I said, I have no money. She said, I need toothpaste. I said, I have no toothpaste, and I have no money. <laughs> wow. But it's amazing how I tell you, God has been so good. I mean, later on in our life, we have, uh, we have, the Lord gave us another house in Baden, and then later on, we had the house of prayer in Ashgrove. That's the biggest house I've ever lived in, with a whole team of young people. Was it for time of prayer? We used to pray together a lot. And, uh, yeah, so out of that came a, came a lot of things. Yeah, awesome. Carol, can I ask you the same question? Has there been a time, and I know there has, <laughs> maybe just pick one, um, where you've relied on God, you've been faithful and God's come through, or you've put your faith in God and he's come through? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a number of stories, um, but I tried to think of one recently. <clears throat> um, as many of you know, I do uh, casual teaching, so I don't know what I'm going to have from one year to the next, and God has always met our need. And last year I was uh, working in prep for a couple of days a week, and a job came up again this year for two days in prep, and it seemed natural that I would be offered the job, and everybody thought I would be offered the job, and I said I was available for the job, and I didn't get offered the job. <laughs> Someone else did. And, and we were all puzzling and it, it was just a series of events that happened and the principal actually came and apologised to me and said, I don't know how that happened. You know, so it, it made sense on paper. It made, it, anyway, it didn't happen and I came into the year thinking, okay, God, what have you got for me this year? And the outcome is I have... Uh, two days a week in grade two and I'm also doing two days a week in learning support and as part of that learning support it's got into an area that I'm really passionate about 
and it's children who are struggling to read. And I had a chat with my principal just recently about what's next year. And I said, I would love a day a week doing this program. And she said, well, we're thinking maybe three. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, if 18 months ago God had opened that door for me in prep that seemed so normal and so natural, I wouldn't be available to do what I'm doing now. And what I'm doing now is actually a real passion and I feel it's, it's something that God's put on my life to, um, in my teaching. It's something that that's, I'm really effective at. Uh, so I'm, I'm very blessed that A, God redirected me and B, I kept my attitude sweet <laughs> when it didn't happen how I thought it should and just the doors that have opened. So, yeah. yeah. I just, I love that, Cole, because God sees the whole picture and we mm. see in part. But yet, you choosing to respond and your attitude positioned you in a place where God could use you for his kingdom, not your own kingdom. Yeah. And, and I think that's a valuable lesson for us. Sometimes things don't work out the way that we do, but God knows what he's doing. Mm. And it's about trusting in his sovereignty. <laughs> Thank goodness, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Um, Brenton, I'm, I'm going to ask you a different question here. And this relates more about your faith journey. And, and, and what is it that you do to try and build faith in your life? Because it is something that we can work on. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I kind of stole this from someone else, so it's not <laughs> copyright. Um, I have a little bit of a... I have a, a series of notes in my phone. One of them is, uh, one of them is called Prophecies and Promises. Um, particularly if I'm having a bad day, but if I'm... I should do it more even on good days. Um, just reading through those to remind myself of what... God has said about me uh, in a prophetic context, but also what he promises me day to day through his word as well. Um, but yeah, it, it can change a day as well. Yeah. And how important is that to write things down? Hey, like we often, we often get those prophetic words and, and we forget. So um, actually it was Pastor Ben recently encouraged me the same thing, write them down. Fantastic practical tip that helps build faith. Thank you very much for that. Um, Hank, I've got a question for you. Um, how, do you, how does faith look like when you're going through a tough time? When you've experienced some difficult situations in your life, how does, um, how does your faith look like? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, the impossible... You know, you come in situations where you don't see a way out. Mm. Mm. And well, and then you've got to cast yourself upon the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, all your soul, really. Because there's nowhere else that you can see the answer. But I've seen again and again that God is well able. And uh, he has never let me us down. Yeah. Never. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yes, and, true. and living a lifestyle in a relationship with Jesus, you've seen God come through time and time again. You've absolutely. got history with God. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Carol, I'll ask the same question for you, but I'll try and word it a little bit better. Um, so, how do you keep faith while you find yourself in a difficult situation? Um, I'd just like to say that faith doesn't always come automatically. <laughs> Sometimes I am assaulted with doubts and with questions and 
Um, I say, if, if you've ever had a conversation with me about things, I say, God's not afraid of our doubts. God's not afraid of our questions, and he works through those with us. Sometimes faith does come automatically. Sometimes a situation happens, and there is no wavering. But other times, um, it doesn't always come automatically. Sometimes when life is difficult, um, it's a choice. <clears throat> it's a choice to believe in the goodness of God. Um, and I, I take it to God and I tell him how I'm feeling. I tell him where I'm at. I, don't, I can't hide anything from God. So I bring it to him and I ask him to help me and I ask him to give me faith for a situation. Um, I allow others to speak into my life. If I'm struggling, I don't try and deal with it by myself. I let others speak into my life that I trust. And I go to the Word. I align myself with His truth. Um, my feelings are from God, but I don't want my feelings to rule me. I want my feelings to be in submission to the Holy Spirit and allow those to work to bring strength into my life. Um, <clears throat> a prayer that I pray often is, Lord, help me see your salvation in this situation. Help me see the fullness of your salvation, because salvation isn't just for the day where we accept Jesus. It's for every day and for every situation, and calling on that and drawing on that when things are difficult. Um, I journal. I have journaled for many years. I go back and I look at what God has done in the past, and I remind myself about God's goodness and his faithfulness. And I pray, and I praise, and I worship. So I spend time listening to music. I lift my heart before the Lord. I pray in tongues until it comes, until faith comes. Yeah. I want to pick up there about, you spoke about emotions a little bit there. And we believe that fear and faith cannot coexist at the same time. They're kind of polar opposites on that spectrum. Have you had fear ever influence your faith or anything else hinder you in your faith? Yeah. <laughs> um, she heard a saying the other day that fear is actually faith in the wrong thing fear is faith in the negative whereas faith in God is believing for the good and I, I do have to remind myself of that I'm a mum, I'm a, I'm a wife I'm all of the things that many of us are and life happens and it's not always a bed of roses and there are things that attack us um, <clears throat> one of the biggest things, I think, I don't know if it's a female thing, um, but comparison and is, is a big killer of faith for me, comparing myself to other people, comparing myself to I wish I was like that, I wish I was like that person, I wish I had that gift, rather than being confident in who God's made me to be. And fear of man... Fear of stepping out and boldness, fear of, fear of trusting that God thing in me um, and what might happen <laughs> you know, if I speak out, if I say something. And again, as a ministry team, we've been really um, talking about how we hear from God, what we do when we hear from God, how to be bold with the things that God gives us. And it takes faith to step out, you know, because we don't always get it right. But really, what stops us is a fear of making a mistake, a fearing of looking a fool, fear of not getting it right. Um, but to overcome fear, <clears throat> I believe the answer is to obey. 
and just do it. Just do it and trust God with the outcome. Yeah. Brenton, I'm going to ask you the exact same question, that relationship between fear and faith. Has fear ever been a hindrance to your faith or is there anything else that has hindered you in your faith? Uh, yeah. I'm going to do a quick real-life example. Um, with the birth of our third child, you, you, know, you think you pretty know what you're doing by that point and you <laughs> know what's going on and, and pretty prepared for what's going to happen. Um, Asher's labour kind of threw us a bit of a curly and um, things were not looking so good probably about 16 hours in. Um, we were tired, uh, had dealt with a lot and, um, you know, we'd been playing music, we'd been praying, we'd been, you know, trusting and we were pretty much at the end of it and there was talks going on about an emergency Caesar and things like that. We know that's not the end of the world, um, but when you've had two babies who have only needed a bit of gas and been delivered naturally, it was a bit of a scary thing. Um, anyway, we're sitting there and doctors in and out, in and, out and then all of a sudden we hear a familiar voice walk through the door. And it was our midwife, Judy, Judy McDonough now, um, who had listened to a bit of a prompting in the spirit as she had finished her shift on maternity ward for that day. She was heading back to her car and she felt a prompting to return back to work to check her roster. And while she was doing so, she ran into a colleague of hers who um, said, hey, I think someone you've dealt with before is on in birth suite. Um, things are not going so well. Judy being Judy, the lovely Judy that she is, um, came and checked it out, asked if it was okay with the other midwives to come in. And as she walked through the door and we heard her voice, Stacy came out of this incoherent state, I will put it, and just focused again. Um, excuse me, it was a big day. Um, and how God worked in that moment was just incredible because it turned, you know, as I said, it wasn't world-ending. We would have been okay if an emergency Caesar did happen, but it just changed a really intense, stressful situation into, like, we could see suddenly the light at the end of the tunnel, and Stacy was somehow just focused, came out of it, and I think it was within two hours, Asher was out safe and sound. <sighs> and uh, Judy was able to deliver all three babies, and we, yeah, it just wasn't even planned, so... Um, that, that was a huge thing of fear that day, um, particularly towards those last few hours. So it's amazing how we just had our back, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Just on a side note, can we please give a round of applause to all the mothers in this place? <laughs> if you've ever had uh, the pleasure or misfortune, depending on how you see it, to be in the birthing suite... <laughs> Ladies, you are phenomenal. <laughs> Honestly, in all seriousness, it really does give you a different perspective, doesn't it, Brenton? And thank you, mate, for sharing your heart. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brings tears to a man's eyes, hey, just, yeah. But God is faithful. Praise God, you've got a beautiful little family there, and, and we praise him for that, so, yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, let's turn back to Scripture. What is a scripture that encourages you in your faith? I might start with you, Hank. Is there a particular scripture about faith that is really encouraging for you? <laughs> Put you on the spot here. I know there's, there, there's so, so many good scriptures. Okay. I think it would be one. I just know 
sure, sure. Um, isn't it true, though, when we actually find ourselves in situations, God reveals a passage of Scripture which can speak to us? And it might not be... I love this morning, Carol, you were sharing just before the, the service, and you shared it um, in welcome as well, just the Scripture that God had put on your heart for us to hear. And it was about a mulberry bush. And you kind of go, like, well, God, what are you... What? But... That is so impactful and so meaningful when God uses his word to speak to us in the situations that we find ourselves in. And, and, and Hank, I'm sure there's been many times in your life where the scripture is just revealed and illuminated and, and helped you build your faith. So thank you for sharing. Brenton, same question, mate. Um, any passages of scriptures that come to mind that help build faith? Yeah, um, I've, I found one this week which really struck me which is um hebrews 11 33 34 obviously hebrews 11 is known as kind of like the chapter of faith but i was reading towards the end and, and it came back to this thing about fear again through faith's power they conquered kingdoms and established true justice their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality it was faith faith that shut the mouths of lions put out the power of raging fire and caused many to escape certain death by the sword Although weak, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Um, I just found it awesome because, yeah, it just, obviously, you know, these people face crazy situations. It would have been terrifying, but with their faith, they overcame it, and we've got these amazing stories and testimonies because of it. A hundred percent. Sure. Sorry. <laughs> it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is one very important one to me. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Thank you. Carol? Yep, mine has a bit of a story. <laughs> so, um, must be something about third children. <laughs> Um, when we were expecting Daniel, who's our third of four children, um, we went for a regular scan and they found um, cysts on his brain. And <clears throat> they said if they had what he thought, if he had what they thought he had, um, he would have a 5% chance of living for 24 hours if he went full term, which is a bit confronting. Um, but this is one of those times where faith came automatically for me and God gave me a scripture that I claimed throughout his pregnancy and I sang it through labour. I sang in labour. He was my easiest labour. It was, it was an amazing experience. It was such a presence of God in the room. And I continue to believe this scripture for Daniel. So those of you who know Daniel, this is Daniel's scripture that God gave me. And I'll say it in the King James because it's how I know it. And it's from um, First Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter one, verse twelve. I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. So I'm persuaded, I'm, and I'm still hanging on to that scripture for Daniel. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Just some fantastic insight some stories of how God has really impacted your lives through faith. And we just want to thank you guys for coming up today and sharing so boldly. Can we give them a huge round of applause, please?
Before we end, I just thought it would be fantastic, um, Hank, if you wouldn't mind praying for us. You've done life for a long time. You've walked with God. And, and if you could just pray for our congregation that we would be people of faith, that would, we would hear the voice of God and be able to just go like you did in your story, we would really appreciate it. Father, we thank you that you are our heavenly Father, that you have called us by our name, that we are precious in your sight. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you sent your Son, that he might die so that we might live. Will we ever comprehend it, Lord? We do not know. But you can enlarge our understanding of the amazing things that happened through the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We bless you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you continue to enlarge our understanding of your word. Lord, you continue to, to lighten up scriptures that uh, may be hidden somewhere, Lord, but that we need to hear at a particular time, a particular moment. Lord, because you are God. Lord, your word is truth, O oh God. And Lord, we thank you for that, that you've given us eyes to see and ears to hear and faith to believe. Thank you, Lord, because it all comes from you, our Heavenly Father. Thank you. Amen. Can we give them another huge round of applause, please? Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you.